Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 144. Treatment failures don't predict the future. How she had her baby naturally. Hey loves, I am so excited to be with you this week because I have quite a treat for you. This is my birthday week, so I wanted to share something truly special. You see, so many of us get caught up in the stories we tell about our past, our age, and our prospects that we fail to see whole truth. The whole truth is that no matter what your age, your past choices, or your dismal history of treatment failure, you can have your baby. You can have your baby. It may require you to think out of the box and stop judging yourself. Imagine that. It most certainly will require you to trust yourself at a level you may never have in the past. And it is possible. To illustrate this point, I am absolutely delighted to share another interview with one of my amazing Miracle Mamas. You are absolutely going to fall in love with Kathy. What's crazy is you all know that I work with high achieving women from all over the world who are committed to creating impact through their professions and the families they create. Well, not only is Kathy a lawyer, she's a doctor. She's an MD. So what do we already know about her? She's a thinker, most certainly kind of type A. She's driven and she was incredibly susceptible to the seduction of statistics. Say that fast three times. With her history of low AMH, low ovarian reserve, failed IVF, and miscarriage, that logical and linear scientific brain of hers could have had her throw in the towel. But here is where her heart came into the picture and saved the fucking day. She came to me because she knew there was a missing piece something that her legal and medically trained mind was missing. And when she got that piece of the puzzle in place, she made the seemingly impossible possible. I hope you're inspired by Kathy's story and that you get the idea that the past and any failure you've had in the past, those things are no indicator of your future prospects. Don't let what has happened in the past or Somebody looking down at you from their bespectacled eyes, you know, wearing a white lab coat. Don't let any of that interfere with the most important information you have. And that is what is in your heart. Don't let what has happened in the past keep you trapped. Let it propel you forward to victory. That's what smart women learn to do because this is a skill set. And it is with sincere gratitude to this generous, amazing, miracle mama, Kathy, 
that I present you with a conversation that could change the way you see yourself and what is possible for you on this journey. Listen up, mamas. Here's my conversation with Kathy. We'll jump right in. So why don't you start us off by sharing a little bit about how you found yourself on this journey? Well, I start trying, well, I'm 37 now. I start trying uh, with my boyfriend for, uh, for having a baby around 35 years old. So back in like June 2019. And I guess because my mom at the time kind of had difficulty to have me, kind of always had that a bit in mind that it could happen to me too. Well, for sure, not hoping for it, but uh, being a doctor, knowing that the stats are a bit against us, I kind of knew that getting older wasn't necessarily the best time. So I think I started this journey already, like into that, that moon of, oh my God, what if it doesn't happen to me? What if it's not easy? What if, what if, what if, what if? <laughs> so we were trying actually after not even six months. I was like, well, I'm 35. Doctors in me was like, I got to do my test. So I did my testing and uh, already took an appointment at a fertility clinic. Kind of, I almost like decided that would be my way even before trying and not even letting even me taking charge of the journey, but more like the statistic and what I knew in the science. So I took this appointment and found out that actually, well, there was something wrong, but nothing kind of the worst scenario, like the thing that you can't really do anything about it, which is a low AMH and a low ovarian reserve. You know, you want your thyroid to be unbalanced. You want something to be unbalanced that can have a quick fix. But fluorovarian reserve is not something you can have a quick fix with. So even if I was kind of thinking I was going to maybe have some problem, I have to say that this problem I didn't thought I would have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that like, because these ladies need to know that you're not just a physician, you're a lawyer as well, which is, I mean, you're like double, like double the stress, right? Of like, overanalyzing like everything. (laughs) But it's interesting that you describe all of these what ifs, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what if it's hard for me? And you immediately go into attack mode, right? Like I'm going to fix this problem. So, okay. So what you were saying was you found out at 35, you had low AMH and low ovarian reserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and low, low, like my MH was 0.23. Like it's hard to be lower than that. <laughs> but even as a doctor and, and yes, a liar, like really type A, I still didn't knew that much what AMH was since I'm, I'm family doctor. So I'm not working into fertility. So I went kind of crazy into that rabbit hole of finding out what AMH was like actually mean and how your chance of conceiving are so low and all the statistic. So I went really into that rabbit hole and uh, did all the other tests. And even the doctors actually at some point at the beginning of my journey had more trust in my body than I did myself. And they were like, no, but that's okay. You're still unexplained. And for Chinta, I was like, well, for me, it's quite explained. <laughs> but it, it's still like for them fit into that little box of unexplained fertility and 
just go with IUI and probably going to work with IUI, not necessarily thinking about IVF right now. So got to say that in Canada, uh, fertility treatment are a bit less uh, in, I would say, attack mode than in US or anywhere around the world. So here it was more, no, no, like, let's go with IUI. You're still okay. And okay. And I was more the one like, well, let me go into IVF because there's no other chance I will get pregnant. So I really didn't trust my body, as, as you can see for the story. And then we do, we did like IUI, uh, we did two times that didn't work. And then uh, I was super stressed with it and went to see kind of my uh, therapist. And she made me do like a visualization, guidance visualization. And really like calm me down and make me like being more positive about, okay, this could work. And actually it worked. <laughs> so my third time IUI, it, it works. I was super happy. Uh, couldn't almost believe it. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and I, well, at first as a physician, you didn't know like in what you were going into. We were kind of sent to war without the, well, here we had no equipment because, well, <laughs> that that's how it works uh, we like nobody in the world kind of everybody wanted the equipment so you were kind of sent uh in the world for that uh, and same if i was pregnant for doctors like well you're a doctor you got to go first line and here it's public systems so it's a bit different than, than in the states so now that i couldn't take um, my decision but we're a bit kind of forced or mandatory to go so i became super 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 stressed with that and even like asking myself, well, is it actually a good time to have a baby? Like when you see the world kind of, uh, remember at the beginning, how we didn't know where that would go. Is everybody dying? And you see, wow. <laughs> so I actually lost a baby quite early and probably never really did my, my own grief about it at that time, at least. And just like went into full mode uh, war against COVID. <laughs> in the front and work, 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 work. And anyway, fertility clinic were closed at that time. So there's nothing in my mind that I could do. Like, yes, we were trying naturally, but in my mind, I was like, well, that probably won't work because I wasn't even trusting my body. So, so we try and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then fertility clinic open again. And we begin to go back and thinking a bit, okay, like this time should be working too. But I was like in a way all of the mode, stressed, tired, exhausted, uh, really not well in my mind. Just kind of if going into that journey, like uh, if it was a task and not more, more a task than actually what I really wanted. So I didn't want to go again in IVF. Um, right away because it's in IUI. So that's okay. So I try again IUI. And then those two times that I try more, well, it failed again. But, you know, with the hormones that you take, with the exhaustion, the work, just getting worse and worse and worse. And wow. like that idea. And then I became, yeah, I really became obsessed with that and with my AMH. And I couldn't see the end of it, that it, it would maybe work at some point. So, and until the day that actually one of my friends who was kind of my confidant into that like she, she's a colleague and she's a confidant so she was kind of there for me in that struggle and in that journey and she's younger than me so she was about 30 well she was 31 at the time 
And she announced to me that she got pregnant on the first try. <laughs> she didn't like think it will work and now it works. So yeah, I was. So at this point, you are already freaking out about like low AMH, you know, low ovarian reserve. Your trust in your body is low. You go in to do two IUIs, you get pregnant on the third one, but you miscarry that. So you did, so you did a couple more IUIs or at that point or okay. Yeah. When, but like in the summer when fertility clinic opened again, because it was closed for about six months, something like that. Right. And then you have a pandemic in the background. So, wow. So I could see how things, (laughs) and then, you know, you have that that natural type A tendency to like, I want to fix this right now. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to wait. So, okay. So with all of that in mind, like what caused you to kind of look around and say, Hey, I think there's something missing or, or what else can I look at? Like at, at what point did you do that? Because we know that you weren't going to leave any stone unturned. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was actually just right after I kind of had that news from my friend that she got pregnant super easily. And I was like really happy for her. But, you know, all those each time you hear about a pregnancy, you're happy, you're jealous, you're frustrated, you're all that mix of emotion. You're just like, (laughs) and so I think that was like the lowest I had it and uh, crying on my couch, <laughs> like being on social media, because that's always what we do, which we shouldn't. Right. <laughs> but then we scroll all those happy family. And I kind of knew, you know, I, I got pregnant having a good mindset. I knew that that was part, even if I'm really type A and science, I knew that I needed my mind to be into that. I didn't know exactly how much I needed it, but I knew that at least I needed to kind of think more positively than negatively. And, uh, and yeah, that's where actually I saw your head. And uh, that has been like four months before, but, uh, you know, with all my research, and I had seen your head before. But that time, particularly, I click on it and I was like, oh, my God. I read and I begin to listen to your podcast. I download the book. I'm like, that is so me. <laughs> and that <laughs> is exactly what I need like to, to pass through that journey. And I kind of knew right away that you will be the one who will bring me my baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because it would have been very easy for you as somebody who is, you know, a physician and a lawyer to completely overlook this side, right? Because you're like the science, the science. And, but you, there was something innate inside of you that must have believed there was more going on. Yeah, totally. Well, I always, even if I'm really type A in science, I've always been more like that type of doctor who wants a patient to be responsible, who actually wants the patient kind of to believe in himself. Because if you don't, who am I to make it like make him better? So I kind of applied that to my patient each day. So, I, But I knew that was missing for me because through the beginning of that journey, I was actually more acting like a doctor myself, a doctor to doctor than a doctor to patient. I wasn't letting me be a 
a woman or a patient or a human. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's also another interesting point is like, because which I give you a lot of credit for, because it would have been easy for you to say, well, I'm only in my mid thirties. Like I don't have to get proactive about this. You could have waited for a really long time to figure this out because with your AMH and your low ovarian reserve, you're functioning more like somebody who is much older. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of credit for that because think about how you were able to then turn things around because you were willing to look all around. It's not just me physically. I have to look at these other things. So, okay. Well, so we met. (laughs) You know, and and that's great because I remember (laughs) our very first conversation, but, but let's talk about that because I think it's such a powerful point for, for women to understand, like, what was it that made you, because you had to trust yourself a little bit to take this leap with me, right? Like you, there had to have been part of you that had to trust yourself a little bit. So let's talk about that. Well, uh, I I still didn't like call you right away I read the book and I still thought like I can do that myself you know (laughs) so I've tried uh reading the books and doing like the homework so let's say I click on the head I think probably uh August and I finally met you probably in October so a couple of months after so I tried by myself but working again way too hard and not dedicating myself to that and I think what had the declick for me is that finally doctors wanting me to go in IVF and I was kind of feeling, I'm not sure I want that, but I guess now it's time, even if that's what I wanted from the beginning, now I wasn't sure I wanted that. Um, So like having you as a support, uh, I knew it it will work better. And also one thing that I haven't like mentioned uh, that I forgot to mention that in my two last try of IUI, I went back to see my therapist, you know, the one that I was talking about who was making me visualize. And, and it was just like on the side that that last time in March when I actually fall pregnant. So I kind of knew in my mind since it worked at that time, well, it's going to work this time. I just need to have my like good mindset and then it's going to work. But my therapist that I had for a long time, but she, we kind of couldn't connect on that subject. She didn't struggle with infertility. She had three beautiful kids. And I think like me coming back and wanting like something specific, probably too specific, couldn't work. And I told her like my fear was to actually go towards Donna Haig, uh, which uh, I mean, it's amazing for women that go towards Donna Haig. Just I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready to give up on my own Haig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was just like a fear from future. And then instead of, going back and letting me, how can I say, like do a visualization like we did at the last time, she kept like pushing on me on why did I want Donna Haig and then talking about Donna Haig all the time. So it screwed my mind even more. <laughs> well, isn't uh, it funny how everybody thinks that's the quick fix? Yeah, to- totally. And like she couldn't, well, I guess she couldn't understand that I wasn't there yet. Even my doctors haven't talked about Donna Higgs. I was the one that was scared about it because I knew it could get there. But like, who was she to talk about that? Like, no, and she really wanted to know why I was scared. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I guess I was 
feeling more alone actually after that, even more. Well, that actually is, it makes things even more interesting because even though you say that you didn't trust your body, there was part of you that trusted you. Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> a yeah, little. You, you had to in order to come to somebody like me and say, look, this is what I want. I want to give myself the best possible chances. I don't want to go down this other road. Can you help me? So I think that's a really important thing to remember is there was a part of you that believed in that enough to take that leap. So let's talk about that because look, you're a a physician and a lawyer. You come to this pink and blue haired American, (laughs) you know, to, to shout at you about getting your mind right. So let's talk about that. What were some of the things that you saw changing within yourself through this process? Well, oh my God, a a lot. Like you took me, I was, I felt just so little and not again, not even a woman, I think anymore. And then towards that program with the work with you and all the other ladies, it really helped me rebuild myself and regain the, talking a lot about the trust. Yeah, probably I still had a little, but I felt like I had no more (laughs) and no intuition or at least no trust into any of my intuition because I was so focused on that, the science pathway to do and didn't knew like how to work my mind around it and be comfortable with actually know exactly what I wanted. It's kind of, I didn't even knew what I wanted and you took me on that path and you helped me like realize what me and my baby wanted, what my family wanted and listen again to my intuition. It was a lot of work. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that because I think it's fascinating to hear about intuition from somebody who's a physician and a lawyer because, you know, you're like intuition, what, you know, where does that fit into the science or the law? So let's talk about that. Like what role did that play for you and, and what did you start doing with it? Well, for me, I think it did most of the work, uh, meaning so when, when I started with you, the program, finally, we were going to that IVF from the beginning. And unfortunately, that IVF, I didn't answer well. I had only one egg. <laughs> so it turned out to IUI and it, it failed. But you, you guys were there, you and the lady were there to accompany me with that that kind of uh, grief that I had to do and to not lose weight and to kind of understand that my baby maybe just didn't want to come with a bunch of hormones. Like maybe that science path, I never really let that much nature going on. I was like right into doctor mode, right into like science mode. So maybe what is he's telling me that you don't want that. I don't want to have all those hormones. And that's kind of where that's what my intuition kind of was telling me throughout that program. But I, I never, and I, I think I remember one time I asked you like, but is it okay if I ask also like, if he can come naturally? Cause I'm asking so much. He can come by like science mean, but do I have the right, like with my AMH to ask naturally? <laughs> so I kind of, the program really helped me like believing in me and my body and most specifically in my baby and what he wanted and listen to, I, I don't know if I can say the sign, but listen mm-hmm. to 
what life was giving me as, as yes, I guess a sign. Yeah. I mean, think about that, Kathy. <laughs> I mean, like when I think of the woman who first came to me, the idea of trusting herself and listening to her intuition and saying, maybe this baby wants to come naturally because it would be easy for you to say my AMH is like, you said, what was it? 0.023 or whatever, like so low. And my ovarian reserve is so spooky. And we did IVF and only got one egg, turn that into an, you know, an IUI that didn't work. If you only relied on your rational thinking, it would have been easy to say, I could never get pregnant naturally. Yeah, totally. And I think that's what I was thinking until you. <laughs> well, but, but you know what's funny though, is, but you wanted it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like you knew you wanted that. You know, you didn't have any judgment about the treatment. You were totally open to that. But there was another part of you that said, what if this child wants to come naturally? Yeah. Totally. And I think I wasn't, probably it was telling me that from the beginning, but I wasn't just listening to it, even not knowing how to listen to it in a way. (laughs) That's incredible. You know, and it's so funny because when you think about when you're learning to change your mindset and when you're learning to change the way you think and you having gone through that IVF that didn't work out with the ladies, it must have been incredible to have so many like-minded, smart women around you. Like, and, and, you know, women like us, we don't typically do the group thing. Like, we're kind of more mm-hmm. on our own. Like, what was yeah. that like? Well, it was an amazing support. Same if it wasn't, as you said, like, it's more like on our own. And each week we, we can say and talk about whatever we want. But hearing all those women living the same thing than I was, you, you feel so alone at some point in that journey. You feel like, same if you know a lot of women are having the same issue, you feel alone and not nobody beside you have the exact same issue and the exact same life. And you compare yourself. I think you go also a lot into that rabbit hole of comparing yourself. But with those ladies, I think that the, what happened, instead of comparing you're more taking like all the energy and taking what fits for you and can make you grow. So I guess in a weird way, we, we all help each other to grow. Same if we don't totally live the exact same story, right. we do understand what everybody kind of passed through and lived in a way. Right, right. Yeah. You know, that's and it's such a beautiful thing to watch because you can really tell when women are getting it. They're like, You see these women literally transforming. Well, so let's talk about your transformation because you talked a little bit about the intuition and, you know, that started to spark within you and get reignited. And you also got clarity that, hey, what if this baby wants to come naturally? And you started to make it okay to think that. So what happened next on your journey? Like, you know, how did you start applying that and what did you see? Well, I think after I ask you and you tell me it was okay, I said, oh, okay, Ken. <laughs> so, Can I please sorry. do my journey the way that I want to do it? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I finally uh, began to kind of apply it and decided with acupuncture. I was doing acupuncture since maybe a year at that time. Uh, not each week, but uh, in between to have the treatment. And I think my acupuncture actually got me more than what my doctors had me. And she was more, think she was more, um, she kind of knew it wouldn't work with a bunch of hormones and that I had more chance naturally, but she wasn't necessarily telling me until like I told her, like, I, I want to do it more naturally. She's like, good. <laughs> like, Women likes you, you got to have like smaller protocol, you got to try, yeah, more chance naturally or blah, blah, blah. So she helped me a lot also with that. I began to take like the tea. Did it work? Did it not work? I don't know. But, uh, and just giving myself at least the right to try a three month. You know, you always like clock is running. Uh, you always think uh, that you don't have time to stop. But then the doctors wanted me to go through like hormone therapy again and IVF. I'm like, no, that, that's enough. Right. <laughs> definitely, I don't answer that well to hormone. I want to give it a try to let him come naturally or at least fill my body from all those hormones that I had before. So we gave it a try for, for three months. I finally also uh, reduced my hour for real, uh-huh. <laughs> which I was working a, a lot too much. And um, also change doctors. I changed doctor a bit, be- well, a lot because of you as well, because I kind of, uh, you had that interview with the Dr. Robert from a CNY. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of figured out that, oh, my God, you got a good friend working for him in Montreal. <laughs> so that's good for me. So actually, I changed doctor. I, I, I met him and he talked to me like he passed an hour with me to explain to me that I will have my baby. And I guess, yeah, just like all those persons, you included, all the lady included, and the good story I was hearing also on the podcast made me realize that I had the right to let my baby go naturally if he wants to at least give it a try what, what did I have to lose nothing and I felt that's what he wanted so I just uh, gave it a shot for like at least three months and we will re- reevaluate after with the new clinic and the new doctor if we had to go to other treatment that would just be okay and I, I, I really also understand from, from you and the other lady that my baby had his own timeline, which wasn't necessarily mine. <laughs> and he would come when he wanted to come. And that I needed to do my life appealing for him, not uh, just like, hey, come on, I want you, so come here. <laughs> like, I, my life wasn't is... appealing. Oh, yeah, so let's talk about that because that's a huge point that very few women think about. It's like, we know we want our babies, but we don't stop and think, what does my life look like right now? Is my life right now conducive to a child? It doesn't have to be perfect, but is my life set up in a way that I could welcome a child? And am I enjoying my own life, which would make me appealing (laughs) to call in this little spirit? So say more about that because you're living proof of that. Yeah, well, my life was not appealing at all. <laughs> I mean, I was always working, super tired. I mean, I was happy with uh, my boyfriend, a great relationship and all. We have a nice condo, have 
friends. So yes, like on paper, it could seem good, but for a baby, why would he come to me if mommy is always like super tired, working like 12 hour shift each day, running around and yeah, won't have time to even take care of him. <laughs> why? So I, I think that giving me the the chance or the the permission, if I can say, to actually lower my hour and put him into priority instead of working from, I like helping people, but I kind of realized that, well, my priority is my baby, my family, and me helping people. I can do that after all my life. Yeah. <laughs> but with him beside me. <laughs> well, so what was it? I mean, what was it like making that choice? Because a hundred, I mean, you and I are cut from the same cloth, you know, it's like work, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and, and it would have been really easy for you to say, I can't do that. My patients depend on me or, you know, I can't do that. But there was something within you that said, look, if I claim that I want to have a baby, I have to start acting like it. Mm-hmm. You know, your thoughts have to be in alignment with your actions. So what was it like making that choice once you gave yourself permission to do that? <laughs> uh, well, again, I think first you, you helped me a lot with that, like giving me permission to do that. And I think we talked a lot also like with the other ladies, how like here in Quebec, we kind of feel the doctors that we have to work all the time. And it's kind of a, we put ourselves probably more pressure than we should. So. Y- you helped me and seeing the other lady helped me like to choose that path. And yeah, I just really realized that you actually, as you said, like have to manifest what you want uh, in order to have it. There's also a book that you had recommended in the, I think it wasn't maybe the first page of the program. I don't know, somewhere you have recommended, but it was uh, the book of Joe Dispenza. Um, oh, yes. Breaking the habit of being yourself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so, love Dr. Dispenza. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the little routine that you were giving us, you had to book, a, to, to read a book. And I was taking that really serious because, you know, being a good type A, that I know that's what worked with me. I don't work well with psychologists that just let me think, let me talk. I, I need homework. If I have homework, I'm going to do it. If I don't, I won't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Knowing yourself is so critical. I mean, and I think that's a really interesting point because you knew yourself well enough that you had hit a limit of what you could do on your own. You needed structure. You wanted community. You wanted somebody to help lead you and show you a way of going about this so that you could have your right to try. I think that's so, I mean, that's one of the most important things is exactly what you've said is this right to try. I want to trust myself and trust my intuition enough to give myself this chance to at something that really matters to me. Totally. That's uh, exactly well said. And yeah, that, that's They're my your transformation. Words. <laughs> <laughs> They're your words uh, yeah. though, but like, think about how different you are today. Yeah, I, I am really different. And I, I think that's also what kind of, I kind of view and realize as well with, with taking the program at first, you know, you go, you go in for sure. You have the, the goal. We all have the same goal to, to have all our little baby in our arms one day. 
but also I, I kind of understand toward it's quite at the beginning that even if that didn't happen, I knew that it will make me a better person to actually know me better and um, yeah, just be a better person, a better mom. Uh, and it, it's important work to do that as physicians, lawyers, teachers, we usually don't take the time to do because we're just so focused on work, 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 work and uh, the career and that's all we know. And we forget about us. <laughs> yeah, Basically. yeah. Well, so what happened during these months that you decided to give yourself the right to try? <laughs> so, as I said, I continued acupuncture, no more doctor, just uh, the acupuncture and having fun and having like take a little vacation with my boyfriend, taking time off. Uh, not necessarily that long, but just like go ski with what we could do anyway in, in COVID time and, and really enjoy more life. Like and go back to like a, again, I, I stopped, almost stopped working for me. It was like a three days a week, which was way enough in that time and take time to do the model, read books and take time to take care of myself so that I'll be more appealing for my baby and manifest him like that he will come. And I, I was just getting more sure that he will come. I didn't know how, and I was open to every possibility. But at least at that time, I was trusting my body and my baby that he will come to me at some point. Just didn't know when. <laughs> and you always said that to us, something like uh, it's his home timeline. It's just natural ready yet or like we we want we want it to happen in on our own timeline but you got to understand to believe and i guess surrender that it's his or her timeline it's not mine and it will come but it will come in due time <laughs> yes yeah well and you know and that's such an it, it's a really difficult thing you know for us to cuz what we're really talking about is at some level surrender and talking about releasing the death grip on having this baby, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and clearly that worked out for you. So tell us what happened next. Yeah, so actually I finished a program. I think it was a new year. It was like January 2nd. So I was uh, more than into that three months of trying naturally. And uh, so that's what we were doing, just having fun. And then actually we were getting ready to go to another IVF. We were like, the plan was to do like five IVF in New York uh, in order to get enough eggs to, before even try to implantation. And the Friday I was doing my blood test for going to IVF on like Monday. I was already spotting. So I was sure I was like period coming again, but then with it, you know, I was ready to go into that process. And finally, on the Sunday, well, I had a positive test. So, oh, oh my gosh. I just, oh, hey, okay, okay, okay. Like, I want to make sure I caught all this. So, <laughs> going for the blood work on Friday to be able to start the five IVF series to try to bank some eggs. But on Sunday, just two days later, you find out you have a positive pregnancy test naturally. Yeah, completely naturally. I, I was, oh, oh my God, I was overwhelmed. I was like 
crying of joy while we were. (laughs) And I remember when you sent me that text, I was like, "Ah!" talk to us about that. Because think about like all of this work you had done to bring yourself to this place where you were open, you were willing to do the IVF, you stopped judging yourself, but there was something in you that said, okay, let me give myself these months to try this out. And on the eve of starting your IVF series, you're pregnant. Yeah, that is amazing and almost, well, unbelievable. <laughs> well, I knew all the work, I know all the work I've done to get there uh, and it worked. Uh, but yeah, at first I was just, oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Well, because think about it. You had all of these reasons to not believe if you just relied on what was on Mm -hmm. paper, the statistics, your AMH, the low ovarian reserve, the failed, you know, IUI cycles, the miscarriage, you, you know, you could have used all of that against you, Mm -hmm. but instead you chose to believe Kathy. Yeah, totally. And, and that time, I really continue to believe and manifest that it will it will stay there, stuck there, and that I'll meet him. Now I'm gonna well, that's gonna happen. <laughs> oh man! Well, so how far along are you today? I'm uh, 34 weeks. <laughs> <gasps> so you're legitimately getting ready to meet this boy. Uh, yeah, the baby's womb is almost all ready, and yeah, it's he's, he's coming. Oh, <laughs> he's there and moving. <laughs> woman, woman. Okay, so what would you tell women listening to this who you know maybe have low AMH, you know maybe low ovarian reserve, have failed cycles, failed treatments, but there's something in them that keeps telling them to believe? Like, what would you want them to know? I think that's really important to trust yourself and go back to listen to that little voice uh, that tell you what you want and what you deserve and what's going to happen. So believe in yourself and let yourself, uh, give yourself the, the right to actually listen to that little voice. Because when we hear that so much scientific and type hey mind, it's kind of if we Nah, <laughs> we, we don't take the time to listen to that. It, it's, for, uh, it's good for others. It's not good for us. But I think that trusting yourself and yeah, listening to that little voice is the key to, well, to help you through this journey and actually achieve, achieve your goal. And I think also let go of the timeline. I was overall finally kind of lucky in my timeline. If you... Mm-hmm look at other story and things I don't want to compare I think we have our own timeline and our own journey and uh, another thing you were telling us a lot is stay in your lane so everybody have their struggle could be with fertility could be with something else but I think that's really important to, as well to listen to yourself your intuition and your baby have his own timeline and you got to stay in your lane and be the most appealing for him as possible that's such hard-won wisdom because when you think about everything that you had to do kathy to really get to the place where you could trust yourself where you could give yourself this chance and believe in yourself enough that 
hey, I'm going to give myself this period of time. My heart is open to IVF. Look, whatever, however, this baby's coming, but I'm going to believe in me. That's everything. And, you know, as a physician, it would have been easy for you to like ignore this completely other body of evidence, right? You Mm -hmm. know, to say, oh, you know, that's all woo woo. This is all, you know, silly. I, you know, I focus on the numbers. I want a guarantee, but you became the guarantee. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and the numbers, I put them as um, information only. That's what you told us about also like statistic only information. They're not, they're not necessarily your story. They're not in your lane. They are information. So look at them if you want, but then you're the master of your own journey. And boy, did you become the master of your own journey. And now you're calling, you have this boy that you're going to meet in like six weeks and his room is all, (laughs) oh my gosh. Kathy, thank you so much for, for sharing this with all of the women that are going to be listening, because look, you really are a story of triumph on so many levels because to, to have been where you were and to now have the good fortune of seeing you here sitting in your baby's room, 34 weeks pregnant because you dared to believe what a gift that is. And, and what a gift you're going to be able to give your son by showing him that who you really are. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's incredible what you're going to be able to teach him. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess so. And uh, thanks to you for all the help and where you actually make me, uh, what you make me become or retrieve or. <laughs> I think it's that, more but... about retrieving. I think, I think this was already there. We just needed to dust it off and like hose yeah. it down and get it back into operation. So, but what a delight. And it's so good to, to see that beautiful face and to see you so happy woman. So thank you for sharing yeah. your story with us. Well, you're welcome. And thanks to you again and all the other lady that's been uh, on this journey with me in, in my bomb squad. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Loves, wasn't Kathy's story just so compelling and so inspiring? And I want to draw your attention to something really powerful that she said. And it was all about loving and trusting herself enough to give herself the chance to try. And so much of what this journey is about is being willing to trust ourselves at a level that few of us have ever been challenged to do. Whether you are seeking the opportunity to conceive naturally or you're moving on to to various forms of support, you have got to trust yourself. And building a way of thinking, believing, and taking action like a woman who succeeds, it really comes down to that critical piece. You've got to be willing to pivot. You've got to be willing to trust your instincts. You've got to trust your intuition. It's so incredibly important. And love, if you want to learn what I taught the amazing Kathy, the time is now. She made the seemingly impossible possible within months and beat the odds. Today, because the good news is she's holding her baby boy now because of what she chose to believe. Think about where you could be 12 months from now. What you do now can lead to your due date in the new year. My Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind 
and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology, as you heard again today, has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results, just like Kathy's, speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success in this journey, baby, you've got a gaping hole in your strategy. Mind and body work together, and you heard that from a woman who is now a triple threat, lawyer, doctor, and miracle mama. You've got to close that gaping hole in your strategy, love. Let's fix that shit and set you up for the success that you so deserve. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.